Ahead, back and forth with Pacioretty. Now Stevenson kicks it in. It will count. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. From the draw, Nicholas Haig rifles it home. One-time shot from Haig. Vegas ties it 3-3. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out at T-Mobile Arena, Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the Going for a season-high four-game winning streak at T-Mobile Arena tonight, which coincides with the start of the homestand as the Golden Knights are making some hay on home ice in this six-game stretch, stretched over 14 days, and they will get their biggest test of the entire fortnight, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes who roll into town with the top points percentage in the National Hockey League. They won their first nine games. So Carolina is the opposition. All Eastern Conference teams uh, this week as they go through the back half of this homestand. It's a good test, I think, tonight for the Golden Knights to, to see where they measure up against the one of the best teams in the league so far this year in Carolina. They have uh, a lot of, of really good offensive players, elite skill up front, depth up front. Uh, producers from the blue line, and goaltending's been really good for them this year. So it's a, it's a team that doesn't have many holes in their game. Hey, goaltending, I'm hearing a rumbling that it might be Antti Ranta tonight mm. instead of Freddie the Great Dane Anderson in goal, which would be unusual. I know Antti Ranta's uh, played the last number of years for the Arizona Coyotes. He's been part of their team for the last number of years. He always seems to be hurt, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is the big knock on, on Antti Ranta because when he was acquired by Arizona uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks, he was supposed to be their number one guy for a number of years. He just had that pedigree about him, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and uh, now he's moved on to Carolina where he's the backup. Uh, both goaltenders new in Carolina this year, but uh, Antti Ranta will be the backup to Frederick Anderson, who slides over from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think it's only the second start of the year for, for Antti Ranta. Third appearance, but second start of the year. Uh, so that'll be uh, interesting. Might be able to catch a guy who's a little rusty. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're the Golden Knights and you're looking at that, I'd, I'd much rather see Antti Ranta than I would Frederick Anderson, just based on the numbers this year for Anderson, how well he's been playing. Uh, and you know what? I, I think for Carolina, who's embarking on a, a six-game road trip here, um, maybe you're just maybe you're looking to get Anderson a little bit more acclimated on the road, and you you save him for that second game. So I think it's an interesting strategy and one that could work out in, in the favor of the Golden Knights. I don't get it. Like starting off a six-game road trip, go with go with your horse. Uh, it's I mean, he's str- played eleven of their thirteen games. Strange like to me. I'm just but, saying, maybe he needs a rest. I might. Uh, who knows? Uh, Rod about a lot of travel. We're here. talking about the coach of the year too, in in Rod Brendamore. No, no, no. Second guessing more. That'd be great. But the uh, the idea of the Vegas philosophy and the focus tonight is not on Antiranta. It is on trying to get it done without another key piece. 
as Jonathan Marcheseau has been placed into COVID protocol, the second player in the Vegas Golden Knights in the last week to be placed into COVID protocol along with Will Carrier. So there's uh, there's your hottest forward now out of the lineup uh, for if it's COVID protocol. I don't know whether he's uh, positive for COVID or not, mm-hmm. but uh, if he is indeed positive, then that's by the National Hockey League guidelines a 10-day stretch without one of your most important pieces. Yeah, and, and it's it's tough, right? Because for the Golden Knights, you, you look at where we were at on Saturday, getting Mark Stone back into the lineup. Yeah. And, and the positivity that now you're going to be able to have two lines that you can depend on, that you can trust, that can go out and impact the game in a, in a positive way. And then the next game, you're without your leading goal scorer in Jonathan Marcheseau. So the hopeful thing right now is that it's not going to be 10 days for Jonathan Marcheseau, but it's going to be tonight, and that's going to be a tough one for the Vegas Golden Knights. How important is being vaccinated, though? Like We have all, if you're on social media, uh, seen and you follow the Golden Knights and you're, you're tracking the different uh, reporters that, uh, that keep on top of the situation. You saw uh, Robin Leonard's post uh, from the Raiders game the other day, and he was sitting with Jonathan Marshall, and they put out the selfie. So then you put uh, a one-on-one together, and it's not good uh, when you have somebody that's been placed in a COVID protocol and then the number one goaltender in Robin Leonard. However, uh, because Robin Leonard is vaccinated, he's been tested a couple of times, uh, Pete DeBoer making that uh, clear today, and he's been negative both times. So he is allowed to continue playing and uh, and anticipated that, uh, that he'll be on the ice tonight. If he wasn't vaccinated, even if he was testing negative, mm-hmm. he would still be in a quarantine process and wouldn't be allowed to play tonight. So the, there is a silver lining to be uh, vaccinated, being prepared, and yeah, there's no guarantee that you're not going to get it. Right. Uh, but uh, it at least limits the uh, contact tracing and knocking other players out of the lineup. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for the Golden Knights, that's that's certainly important when you look at it through the lens of this game because with Robin Leonard being in the fold, Robin Leonard expected to start tonight. Mm-hmm. There's there's a position right there where I think you, you give the Golden Knights the edge just based on if it's anti-Ranta. I, I will take Robin Leonard all day long over anti-Ranta in this game, and that might be one place where the Golden Knights have the advantage going into this one. A little bit of confidence on that, and I loved how Robin Leonard battled the other night oh, yeah. in that game. Yeah. As, as goofy as and high-scoring as that game was uh, against Vancouver, there was a lot of big saves uh, in that game. It was it was just that wide open of a contest, and, and now Robin's on, on the biggest and best stretch of his season individually. So we're starting to see him get a little bit more out of it from a goals against average, mm-hmm. from a save percentage, uh, from shots uh, uh, say to be expected uh, to be stopped. like All those little metrics, uh, you're starting to see those numbers start to reflect uh, his performance. Where in the early going, uh, we all thought that he was playing well, mm-hmm. but he just wasn't being rewarded for it. It's the, it's the flip side. Yeah, the traditional numbers are, are moving in the right direction for Robin Leonard. And you, you look at the game against Vancouver, and I know he gave up four goals, but... Uh, there were big saves in there, and it's not like Vancouver had 20 shots on goal. They were flirting with uh, about 40. So it was a very busy night for Robin Leonard just based on the fact that the game was wide open. Uh, now, now, the other thing to, to focus on with goalies and the other thing to focus on with Robin Leonard is, you know, you mentioned goal saved above expected, and, and he's been among the better goaltenders in the league this year 
in saving goals that you expect to go in. And when Robin's able to do that, I, I was I was confident that the results would match that process. And they, they have over the last little stretch for Robin Leonard. I played a couple of games last week, two of the three in the homestand. I, based on Pete DeBoer's comments the other day, I would expect that to uh, continue. But he faced, yeah. 39 shots the other night. That was the second time this year that yeah. uh, that the shots hit over over 40. They're about 34 uh, at what, the, what they're averaging uh, against this year. A lot higher than they were a season ago when they were they were top five. So that's that's probably to be expected when you look at all the people that have been out of the lineup and have come back, and some have been knocked back out of the lineup. Uh, so it, it's not something that should be uh, like a big red flag that uh, that's uh, big and concerning. But your goaltender, what's been great, has been able to really dig deep and get you through a difficult situation. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I wonder if Robin is the type of goalie that thrives on a higher workload in a game, right? Because... You know, we have seen the Golden Knights go through stretches where they'll they'll allow what 19, 22 yeah. shots on on goal every night, and you know, for Robin, someone that reads the play so well, I wonder if there's just not the volume that that he needs. We've seen him get into really strong grooves early in games when the Golden Knights have allowed a, a high volume of shots early, and you know, he's been the backbone of this team all year. He's been so so dialed in from the start of the year, and for me. The Golden Knights are not in a position right now to get their 10th win of the year, to get uh, to get on with a four-game win streak here to start this homestand, if not for Robin Leonard. No, Ro- Robin Leonard, Jonathan Marchessault, Alex Petrangelo have all been studs yeah. for the Golden Knights. And at different points of the season have all been the team's best player for a nice little stretch. And Robin Leonard has been uh, was so strong uh, in, in Montreal. Was uh, was so great uh, the other night in, in holding them in uh, in in that game against uh, Vancouver and, and providing them a, a little bit of room uh, to get back into the game and, and they've been down a couple of goals, but then not allowing that backbreaker has been huge and, and timely goals have, have helped uh, as well and being opportunistic uh, for the Golden Knights. But uh, I've been I've been impressed uh, with, with what Robin's done both in games where he hasn't faced a, a ton of action. I think this is the most well-rounded Robin Leonard that we've seen in in the time in Vegas, but probably going back to his time on Long Island uh, where he split the goaltending duties and won that Jennings Trophy with Thomas Grice. Uh, he, was, he was really good there. He's taken it up a level. He's He's been that good this year for Vegas. And it, it, I think it's even more impressive when you factor in the – the expectations for this year and how difficult it was going to be uh, for Robin knowing that it's his net, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're always going to have the comparisons to what Vegas was able to do with Leonard and flurry as the tandem. And, you know, Robin Leonard's done a a phenomenal job, just kind of quieting the narrative surrounding goaltending with this team. I don't think anyone's concerned about the, the golden Knights in net anymore. And that's, in large part due to Robin Leonard's play early and Lorraine Brassois coming in and, and showing really well over the first few games that he started. So what happens tonight with the lines? There's only one misfit left of the uh, the misfit line, yeah. and that's Riley Smith. We know he'll play with, with Nick Waugh, but that that will be uh, fascinating. Paul Cotter, Sven Barchi, uh, both are recalled from the Henderson Silver Knights. Cotter, by the way, 
is on a roll. Mm-hmm. He's got a three-game goal-scoring streak, one in the National Hockey League, and then scored in both games uh, the other night uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights against Stockton. So he, he returned, not having lost any momentum. Uh, in fact, gaining a, a little bit. But uh, there's no guarantee that both guys will be in the fold. But I am curious to see what's going to happen from a from a forward unit perspective uh, tonight for the for the Golden Knights. So it, it's interesting because I, I think you look at Dodonov, Stevenson, and Stone, and you have to keep that line mm-hmm. as as a an entity. So for me, I, I think the easiest scenario here, or the most likely scenario, is Matthias Janmark jumps up to play with Nick Waugh and Riley Smith. And then from there, it's all about what do you do with Jake LeCision and Keegan Colasar? Do you do you kind of move Ron Bierg up? Do you give Sven Berchi a look in that spot, um, or do you do you, you know are you going with Berchi over Cotter? Like that's going to be interesting to see for the Golden Knights. But I, there are some options. But I think the most likely scenario is Matthias Janmark steps into Jonathan Marchessault's spot, and you just kind of shift everything up from there. Boy, it. it I love what they're able to do, though, and bring Cotter back, who is just one of those root-for-all-day-long type of guys. Mm-hmm. And still young, sure. but uh, one from one of those first drafts. And then you have Sven Berchi, who is trying to jumpstart his National Hockey League career or resurrect his National Hockey League career. Good player with the Calgary Flames. Good start with mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canucks, and then just trailed off. Uh, with with the Canucks over the last couple of years and, and spent some time in, in the American Hockey League. Can he do something to gain some attention and uh, and fill in for Vegas here, give them some good minutes? And he's he's not just playing for, for here. Like every night's an audition mm-hmm. for yeah. Sven Barchi trying to gain some some type of uh, eyes and looks and, and, and make a, an impression on people. So that that's going to be one of those things where, like, waiver draft for, for Berchi uh, in particular, uh, trying to, to grab a hold of uh, somebody and make a claim. And or for Vegas, as a National Hockey League veteran player who has a significant time in the NHL, does he gain the trust of the coaching staff here and play his way into a role similar to what we've seen from Jake Lesition uh, recently in being able to be leaned on by the staff? Well, what direction would you lean? Like if you were if you were looking at it and you're not making any other changes outside of Jonathan Marchessault coming out, would you lean Cotter? Would you lean Berchi? Both sides uh, had their had their real benefit. Like I, I want to say Paul Cotter instantly mm-hmm. because of the enthusiasm and what what he did when he was up what he did in training camp uh to be impressive and what he did on the weekend uh yeah. with manny vivros and and that group with the henderson silver knights i i think that goes a long way towards uh giving him the upper hand in making a spot into the lineup uh, he, he's a player that uh, that has has grabbed hold of uh, of the attention of this fan base right now, but Sven Berchi, he's been around. There's experience there. You coaches love guys that have been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Now there's a re- also a reason why he's in the predicament that he's in because his play, according to teams around the National Hockey League, hasn't been good enough the last couple of years. Can he find that sweet spot again and and capitalize on this opportunity? So, uh, I, I at first glance, I do lean towards Paul Cotter. But I can see a coach 
in the situation that they're in right now in losing another big-time veteran player going with somebody that uh, that has the amount of games in the National Hockey League as Sven Berchi. I'll be – I expect it to be Cotter, but I won't be surprised if Berchi's in the lineup. You know, you, you had to jinx the, the lines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you had to jinx it. You had to say it was nice for three or four games to, to know – what was going to happen for the Golden Knights? Well, we had that great moment the other night in in the rink when when Mark actually cut because yeah. he he took the skate and mm-hmm. and Pete said on Saturday we'll see and we'll check with him again when he gets to the rink. He's going to he's going to come like he's ready to play. Yeah, but we're going to talk it over before we actually fill up the card. And when he comes out for the warm up, there's there is a jump in the building that you're turning a page that they're starting to come back. And you go through that enthusiasm, and you, you see him make the great play uh, late in the game to, to seal the, the, the victory and put that one uh, two points in the back pocket. And you think, is it starting to happen where it's going to get back to normal? And, and a couple of days later, Ryan, not only do we have a, a different lineup, but it's the lineup changes are caused by that old nemesis, COVID-19. Yeah. I thought we were past this. It's a, it's a big wake-up call for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Ottawa's gone through it. Yeah. Uh, there's different teams that have already. Sidney Crosby uh, was out in COVID protocol. This is nothing new to the league this year. But this, uh, you, you were kind of dancing around this whole potential for with all the injuries, and finally this one came home to roost. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a reminder that that every day just kind of expects something to be mm-hmm. a little bit different than it was the day before and and for the golden knights like i like i've said before the adversity that they're facing early early on this year is really really tough to quantify because you're looking at players all throughout the lineup that have been impactful for this team and they've missed time you were with you were you're without alec martinez once again still no zach whitecloud nolan patrick not in the lineup you finally get Mark Stone back. You're starting to feel pretty good about things. And then you lose your leading goal scorer in Jonathan Marsh to Soda COVID. It's been a strange open to the year for the Golden Knights. But through it all, this is still a team that's three games over 500, mm-hmm. has the ability to, to reel off their fourth straight win at home, and they can do it against one of the best teams in the league. Like, regardless of what the circumstances have been surrounding this team, they still find ways to get it done. I don't know whether you were thinking this way, but there was a big part of me driving home the other night was three games over 500, 15 games in, with everything that they've been through and the injuries. This is pretty incredible, and at least they haven't had that run-in with COVID. Like, there's, there's that narrative. Around. The injuries are one thing, but mm-hmm. at least the COVID thing has stayed out. Well, now they've got to deal with that. And you know, the important thing to remember is there's a, there's a, a definitive timeline with COVID. Sure. Uh, there's the, the 10 days, and then hopefully you're symptom-free, and, and you have to test uh, negative on multiple occasions. But there's a timeline there. And if, if you do test positive, not just placed into COVID uh, protocol. So there's, there's at least you know what you're dealing with on that. But then there's also the unknown. Like Ottawa had one, two, three, four, five. Six, five, like they were going up and down, and then it ends up at, at ten. Yeah. And and Pete DeBoer was asked today, and let's have a listen to uh, what he said. If there's a, a real concern of coaches around the league that this 
COVID thing might be raising its ugly head again. Always. Um, you know, again, I don't want to keep referencing the Ottawa situation, but that, that's, that's terrifying. Um, you know, those, those guys, they've been in the middle of that. You know, I think it's it, – when we went there, you know, you're looking at – what's that, two weeks ago now? Um, you know, that's kind of when it started, and it's been nonstop and, and, it, and with no end in sight. You know, until they're they're finally are pausing for for uh, games to try and get under control. So I mean that that's worst case scenario. But uh, you know, when we went through there, um, you know that was the beginning of it. You know, we Nick Holden spent time with our team, went out to dinner with guys. You know, that's how something like that starts. It's that innocent, and um, you know so. I don't. I, you just don't know. I mean, you can't. You can't lock guys in. You can't keep them in a bubble. We've been there. We've done that. We we hope we're past that. But um, you know, I don't have an answer for it. And so far, they've only had to postpone games, really, for the for the Ottawa Senators mm-hmm. because of COVID. Now it impacts three teams sure. uh, that they're playing against. But that's the the only casualty to the schedule the issue is how much the incubation period right Mm -hmm. incubation is the the big scary elephant in the room right now Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you're absolutely right you you look at kind of once once you test positive or once you you are, are kind of in that realm you start to think back you start to look back on on all the interactions and you start to look yeah. back on when or where or how it might have been uh, something that, that, you know, you were introduced to and came into your environment. And, you know, for the Golden Knights right now within that room, you, you've got two players that are on the COVID protocol. You've got Will Carrier, you've got Jonathan Marcheseau and how it's, how it's kind of gone, a, you know, a day for Carrier and then a day goes by and then you get Marcheseau the next day, like the next five to seven days are, are very very important for the golden knights just in terms of you know if this is going to get any worse if you're going to have other players that may test positive like that's going to be kind of the the big thing to keep an eye on this week's going to be an important one for the golden knights i don't know what the trigger was for ottawa how that got through their room in in and just out of control yeah because they took measures they weren't practicing in between games. Right. And, and then they come in and they play a game. And they went through that for four or five days, going through through the process of having very little time in and around each other, in and around the rink. But it's hard not to think about those interactions. I mentioned the photo with, with yeah. Robin Lair. Oh, and that for was, sure. That, that, yeah. that was one of the first instances that I thought of today. Uh, and not the only one with that. Uh, I think of who, who's been – the Golden Knights' best player in the last week, Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah. And because he's scoring goals. Sure. You know what happens when you score goals? You gather around and you hug. Like, like those, those little things yeah. are, are things that I'm thinking about. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's not the, the, the scare tactic that I'm trying to, to spread here, but it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, no. Like he, is, is, is that how it – and I, I don't know. It's, it's – Medically, thank goodness, it's just medically it's the virus, and 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 we don't know exactly how uh, it it travels, and maybe there's there's no uh, spread of it uh, through that. But it's it's one of those little things that that I think about when it comes to 
how much does this spread or how little does this thing spread within the Golden Knights locker room? Yeah, and I mean, like, as, as far as Ottawa goes, like, you just you just don't know from an origination standpoint, right? Like, you have no idea. And then from there, again, you can, you can take measures, but if if – it's been transmiss if, if it's been transmissible before the measures are taken, then it's really just a matter of time, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes so difficult to pinpoint. And, and again, that's why I look at the, this week for the Golden Knights as, as so incredibly important because if it's isolated to just Will Carrier and Jonathan Marchessault, so, that's best-case scenario yep. for Vegas. And that's, as a fan, as, as someone that is, is, is rooting for this team and wants to see uh, the Golden Knights – get back to full health, full strength, and play games, that's what you have to hope for. You have to hope that Carrier and Marcheseau are feeling good, that their symptoms are, are mild, if any at all, and then from there, you have to hope that it's isolated to just those two players. You know, one other positive uh, is they haven't been traveling. They haven't been on the plane, off the plane, yeah. standing in the hotel lobby, checking in, going upstairs, all that that would, that puts you in in additional close confines and especially the airplane and, and standing in line and, and boarding and, and etc yeah that that we all go through when we travel and you, you can't help but be in close confines when you're standing in the aisle of an airplane and you're you're getting on or you're getting off and then you're sitting there uh for four hours traveling across the continent so that i think that's something that we can uh thank be thankful of the timing of this mm-hmm. uh during the course of a, of a six-game homestand yeah, it's a really good point, Darren. And, and for the Golden Knights, again, it's all about what comes over the next few days. And, you know, again, it's the thoughts are, are mostly, first first and foremost, they're with Marcia So and they're with Carrier and, and getting back as, as quickly as they can. But, you know, it's, it's a constant reminder that, the, and we've seen it throughout the NHL this year, we've seen it with various teams, that COVID is still here. It is still prevalent, and you still have to be incredibly careful in everything that you do. And even then, it still finds a way. It can get in, and you don't know how. And then you got to fight it off and do your uh, due diligence to try and keep it uh, at bay as much as you can. Hopefully, again, it is uh, limited to Will Carrier and Jonathan Marcheseau. And in uh, whatever amount of time from when they were first uh, placed in the COVID protocol, uh, then uh, then they can get back uh, shortly thereafter when they test negative. When we continue, we're going to get back to the uh, the on ice side of it, or a hybrid of the two, because there's some really positive news to tell you about regarding the potential of getting a couple players back in the lineup from the injury side of it. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Carolina against Vegas. we got uh, two uh, teams with high expectations coming into this season. Carolina Hurricanes have changed over their roster pretty good for a team that uh, is considered to be one of the challengers for the Eastern Conference uh, title. And then you have Vegas with... uh, just nothing but Stanley Cup on its mind, but dealing with injuries and now COVID. Uh, this should be a, a fun one tonight as uh, Vegas has found ways to win, different ways to win. So what will tonight uh, offer up? Uh, well, it, it's about to get better on the injury front. We know Mark Stone is back, 
And today there was a sighting of uh, two players that we haven't witnessed in a couple of uh, days. One for a longer period of time. Back in the, the 22nd of October was the last time that uh, Zach Whitecloud played. But he was on the ice in a red non-contact sweater. And how about Alec Martinez uh, out there? Wore the full face shield, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the bubble. Uh, but he was out there. Neither one of them is going to play tonight. Don't want you thinking that that's going to happen yet. But, boy, they, for them both, the, the COVID thing kind of took all the uh, attention away from what should have been a really awesome morning at the skate. Yeah, I mean, for the Golden Knights, any any step you make to getting healthier is a positive step. It's a, it's a move in the right direction. And, you know, we've talked about Alec Martinez and the importance of, of bringing him back, re-signing him in the offseason. And, you know, the, you, you see the injury and all you're focused on is is Alec Martinez getting getting better, getting healthy, getting ready to play. Uh, but if you have Martinez back in your lineup, it just makes you better. It just makes you better for so many different reasons. So uh, Martinez being back on the ice, that's that's positive. And then, you know, Zach Whitecloud, it, Dylan Coughlin's been playing well, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said about Whitecloud and how steady he is for the Golden Knights and in the key areas of the game, def- defensively for sure, on the penalty kill, uh, you get those two guys back into the fold, you start to feel really, really good about where the Golden Knights are defensively. He's missed 11 games. Yeah. It piles up fast, doesn't it? Sure does. Yeah. Had the uh, had the hand surgery. Moving around there this morning really well, and the really uh, optimistic part of it was shooting the puck. I didn't see him any, take any clappers. Mm-hmm. Not many people take them anymore anyway. Uh, but he was uh, he was doing the drills at the end of practice with Ryan McGill and the rest of the uh, defensive corps in, uh, in working on their keep-ins at the blue line and then sliding across and, and getting shots away. And, and he was zip, zipping that puck. So that's, that's really encouraging. Yeah, and it's, it's all about just stringing them together now. It's, it's getting closer and closer for Zach Whitecloud. It's getting closer for Alec Martinez. And, you know, again, it, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the Golden Knights because a lot of attention has been made or paid to the, the forwards that have been out of the lineup for Vegas that we kind of forget, I think, at times that Whitecloud and Martinez have both missed a significant amount of time this year and the Golden Knights are still finding ways to get it done and that's largely in part due to Alex Petrangelo really taking the defense and, and putting it on its on his back and Nick Haig ste- stepping up into a bigger role and succeeding. Uh, for Martinez uh, he's missed a couple of different stints mm-hmm. so he's been uh, out of the lineup for stretches. Feels like uh, more because of the injuries and, and how he's been hurt. He should have missed more than four and I can't believe that uh, that White Clouds missed 11. So those kind of go against each other. Shows you that you, you should believe the facts and, and not go with your gut because those two uh, things going ag- against each other. Uh, but the, the depth that they've, they've acquired and been able to lean on and working through this, the veteran guys, and then there's the kids. Mm-hmm. And there's two different parts. Now the kids have had to play more of a role at, at times. And, and Coughlin sliding in and even Miramanov come, coming up. But you know who's Petrangelo we know is great? Mm-hmm. Theodore, uh, we've seen those little glimpses uh, and starting to see a little bit more consistency out of him, but we've seen those flashes of, of where he was in the bubble. Probably the most impressive person and one of those ones that you feel best for is Braden McNabb. Yeah. Like he, he's like the guy that, that covers everybody's six mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Stay at home, 
make sure that the, the house is in order, get the puck out, and it's Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore, uh, at times Nick Hag scoring the goals. But McNabb's got a couple now this year, one in the empty net and one the other night that uh, that Mark Stone called the uh, the trick shot mm-hmm. uh, after the game. Yep. But he's done that, and then the the bummy checks, the back checks, the 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 sideboards where he's squeezing people off. Like, is somebody from Carolina going to dare try to go down the right side on Braden McNabb after what he's done over the last four games? I hope so. It's become a nightly occurrence. I, I know. I know. It has happened time and time again, and every time he connects, and it's a big play within the context of a game. So to answer your question, is somebody going to do it? Probably. I hope they do. You'd think that they would be less aware not uh, Carolina not having played Vegas yeah. in a while, yeah. and there's nobody that's uh, been back and forth across the conference divide. So, so there's there's you're really seeing a fresh look here uh, between these two teams. I don't know how aware they'll be of, of of Braden McNabb. They'll be told about it. They'll watch video on it. Mm-hmm. They'll be uh, the coaches uh, making sure and the pre scout that it's going to happen. But that also didn't stop anybody from Seattle. Minnesota uh, from going down that path, and, and, and Vancouver the other day. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, when, you, when you're looking at players on, on the Carolina Hurricanes that, that might kind of fit that bill, Andrei Svechnikov is a guy to me that would almost dare Braden McNabb in that situation, right? Like, he, he trusts in his abilities, he trusts in his skating, and his elusiveness to, to, to kind of take Braden McNabb head on there. Like, I, I think that Carolina is aggressive enough to believe they can do it. And I hope for our sakes they do because it's just it's such a fun part of the game that you, you don't know you're missing until you see it. And then you see it again and you see it again. And those gigantic hits are so, so contagious in, in just the energy in the building and how much you can build off of that. You, you see a goal and you may think it's fantastic. I may go, that's a pretty good goal. Mm-hmm. But you see one of those hits and all 18-5 in this building yeah. react the same way. Yeah. Like, just, whoa. And, and it just blows the roof off, uh, off the place. Chandler Stevenson got some great praise from Jonathan Marshall earlier this season. That he was so happy that Chandler was having the success he was having without riding shotgun with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. He'd rather those two wingers be in the lineup, but it was impressive and he was getting his due. I think the same type of thing is happening right now with Braden McNabb. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I, you're starting to notice a lot of the things that he does night in and night out that I think go unnoticed. And, and yeah, we, we look at the big hip checks. We look at the big, uh, those big moments, and, and it's easy to notice Braden in, in, those, in those times. But the work that he's done on the penalty kill, just how steady he's been in his own zone, um, he's been a pillar. And the Golden Knights have leaned on him quite a bit. And it's nice to see him get rewarded because you, know, you, you talk about a couple of goals, like six points in 11 games for Braden McNabb. Like he's, he's done pretty well in terms of helping this team offensively too, and that's, that's big for him. How well? Can you, can you call him a dual threat yet? No, no, no. Like, I mean, listen, for a team that just needed to find some scoring here and there, like it's been, it's been impactful. Yeah. Uh, are you going to... Are you going to look at Braden McNabb and expect him to be a half a point a game the rest of the season? 
No. But right now, when it's needed, right now when you need somebody to just kind of add a little bit more than what they than what they ordinarily do, he's fit the bill there for sure. And he's changed momentum in the yeah. middle of games. Yeah. He's, he's done a great job on that. So Braden McNam, the penalty kill, you brought that up. Thirteen in a row going into tonight. It's really found its stride. Yeah. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Carolina Hurricanes will continue from Section 104 at T-Mobile Arena as we roll towards face-off pregame show at 6 o'clock with Ryan Wallace and then puck drop with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless just after 7 o'clock. The top team in the National Hockey League in points percentage in Carolina against the Vegas Golden Knights who are searching for a season-high four-game winning streak. Uh, we roll on to tee this one up for you on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I'm serious, buddy. It, it's it's in my head, and, and I love it because if I ever run into difficulty, it's going to just pop out of my brain and uh, right into your into your ear because I'll be giving you a call. I love it, and, yeah. it, and it should be at the top of everyone else's mind because we're the best. You are, and uh, everybody deserves what's right. And we uh, we have been following uh, what's been going on in and around the National Hockey League and the uh, the Kyle Beach uh, situation uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. And we, I don't want you to ever take uh, this is not meant to be uh, just talking about lawyers in general. But Gary Bettman's a lawyer, and he's walked a real fine line, Sam, between uh, talking about uh, what is. Uh, the National Hockey League's obligation and being empathetic, and then also protecting himself against ramifications and and and, and legal challenges or being sued uh, down down the road. So, how difficult is? Can you put yourself in, in his shoes and, and trying to walk that line? Well, uh, Batman's protecting the NHL, right? And he's you know, and and here's the thing: sometimes the, there's a there's a sense that you're protecting the organization best by shielding it from, you know, liability in the moment. And it's, it's oftentimes exactly the wrong thing to do because the integrity of any organization is upheld when you pursue and root out wrongdoing within that organization and you do everything within your power to, to maintain the high standards that that organization you'd hope would have. So, the, the, it, you know, I, what did they say? That the old, the old um, cover-up's worse than the crime. And, and that's, I think, what this is obviously being. And so, yeah, he's being very careful with his words because he's an attorney and we're taught as attorneys that words matter and that you have to kind of, you know, be, be, be careful and, and be deliberate. But the problem is it's not just his words here. It's the fact that it seems to me at least to be the case that there's been a cover-up and that this was not properly investigated when it came along. And accountability was not handed out when it should have been. And the story could have been that the NHL acted decisively. And instead, the story very much is that they didn't. They fumbled the ball on this, and people were hurt. When you when you kind of parse it down, like I, I think the, the the big failure here is on the Chicago Blackhawks, right? In in right. being I being in the loop on what happened to Kyle Beach and not progressing it further. Like how how much. Of, of this is the NHL kind of kind of taking the fall in this regard when it's really the Chicago Blackhawks that that were the first point of failure here. Well, it, it's, it's, this is very fact specific, and as I, yeah. I as I understand it, I, and I don't know at exactly the timing of all the of all the complaints. I know that there's 
Look, and I know that there, the, obviously the first point of failure here was the team. But the NHL is ultimately responsible for the teams. And to the extent that they were privy to complaints and didn't act on them, that's a problem. And, and I've heard kind of multiple things being said about that. If there were allegations that went to a hotline that were ignored, then that's problematic for the league. That, that the commissioner's dancing around all these things doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me that they are, they're, they're blameless in this, right? So, so, so I, I, I think I, I just, I, I smell a rat here and I, and I don't, and I, and so I'm, I think that the, I think that they're, that they both share maybe not equal, but some proportional amount of responsibility. I was impressed with uh, Mr. Batman and what he said last night at the Hall of Fame induction and, uh, and being uh, like, there was no, it wasn't on the agenda. You're honoring uh, hockey players and, and for being great. And he still, he raised the subject last night at that uh, initial speech uh, that the commissioner stood on stage and talked about uh, having to do uh, what's proper by the sport and, and being there and furthering it, it along. But it also caught me a, a bit off guard just because he was more forthcoming last night. Uh, uh, do you, like, when you talk about that, uh, trying to say too much, where, where's the line between being culpable and, and having somebody go through your words and just being at arm's length and saying that's a Chicago Blackhawk issue? Well, Bettman actually said that what happened to Kyle Beach 11 years ago was unacceptable, mm-hmm. which is, to your point, absolutely a, um, uh, uh, wow, I mean, it, it's unacceptable. I didn't say it was illegal. He didn't say it was, he didn't, he, so it's a, I think he used the right word because he's, he's, um, you know, he's accepting responsibility. Now, what I, what I think that this does functionally is it's, it's a good PR move. So if it, if it's backed up by action, and it's backed up by you know by changes and improvements, and I'm I'm all I'm all for it. I, but you're right. I mean that was that was a he he went head on into it, and and I think what it makes the uh, us fans right. I mean, how did you, you you reacted positively to it? Yeah, I like hearing that because we we want we don't want the NHL to fail. We, we don't. Well, we want that we want the Blackhawks to fail when they play the Knights. But right. we we want you know we don't want hockey to fail. We're not rooting against the NHL. We're rooting for the NHL. We're rooting for this being a tremendous organization that benefits players and fans alike. All right? And, and I, so I, I, so again, if it, if it leads to changes, which I, I hope and pray that it does, then this is all a really good thing. And I'm, and it's encouraging, you know, the, the, the words that come from the top, that the words of leaders matter. And, Admitting some fault and, and, and actually apologizing. We say this, Ash and I say it all the time. You know, defendants, you know, wrongdoers would get so much further. They would save money if they just expressed regret, if they just expressed sympathy to their victims. And, and, but they, a lot of times they don't and they hide behind lawyers and then things, you know, blossom into, into much bigger problems than they actually are. So. Uh, those are my thoughts. Uh, just one more before we uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, 
protecting yourself against the the legal side of it is is really important, and that's that's Gary's job is to to not say something that uh, can be construed or 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 be uh, an omission of a uh, fault. But the the public opinion, like the lack of empathy or perceived lack of empathy, was a real hit uh, to the league. Um, and I, I wonder if that that noise that we've heard over the last couple of uh, weeks on that side of it uh, was part of the impetus to, to go last night and, and be as forthcoming as he was. Well, absolutely. Look, 100%, right? So what, what, does, what does the NHL need to do to be a viable business? Right. They need our butts in seats, and they need our eyes on the television. They need our wallets. Uh, you know, outflowing money into the into the enterprise of hockey. It's business. So losing fans, pissing off the fan base, uh, and 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 cr- and creating conflict isn't a good thing. And and I'll say another thing. I I I think kind of dancing around is just no good. So I, but there, it's it's very possible that they tried to sidestep at first and 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 have realized hearing back from all of us, that, that it's not a good move and that it's going to ultimately cost them more money. You know, sometimes it's, if you're a business and something bad happens, it's way better to say, you know what? We didn't screw it up. That's hard to do, and, though. And here, we're going to make it right. We're going to, here's some money. Here's a lot of money. We're going to make it right. And, and you publicize it. You go, we screwed up. Here's, we're going to fix it. And here are the changes we're putting in. And everybody goes, that's great. And yeah. the, the loss to you in terms of payout in that moment, ends up being less than your loss over time from from losing losing fans or, or losing customers, which is in, in this case the same thing. Yeah, a real uh, live case study is what we saw in uh, in public relations and law and uh, investigations. Uh, uh, this I love talking about uh, these kind of things with you because who, who gets to chat with a lawyer live on the air and uh, and listen to people. Uh, with their expertise, and that's why people will uh, will give you a call at the great number of 702-820-1234. It just rolls off your tongue, salmonashlaw.com, because you deserve what's right. Uh, thanks for being patient with us and and uh, taking all of our uh, plain old questions, and, and be well, my friend. Well, and go Knights go. Tonight's, go Knights uh, go. Tonight's the game. So Are you coming down to the we're game? We're excited for that. Saturday, what a game Saturday was. Oh, my gosh. So hoping hoping for another fun one. Awesome. Uh, be well, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a great night. See you guys. too. There's uh, our weekly call with Sam and Ash, the legal minute, SamandAshLaw.com on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Give them a call at 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com.